Perhaps we should consider a different direction. Well, we can't change course now. Heads, welcome to our podcast. I'm Jason. I'm still Lucy. <laughs> still here. Still here. And this is the Walking Dead cast, the Walking Dread cast, episode 371. And we have our special guest co host, Wendy. Welcome, Wendy. Woo, Wendy. Hey. Thanks for having me. <laughs> if you guys listen to House Podcastica, you probably heard Wendy a couple of times when she guested with Kristen on the rewatch and then one episode for the final season. And that was fun. Yeah, I think I did it six times. That's awesome. Yeah, but this is the first time on Walking Dead cast, right? This is the first time on the OG. I'm very excited. You couldn't get anybody else, could you? (laughs) No, I I saw your name and I'm like, holy shit, I haven't asked Wendy to do this yet. Let me pick the best episode for her to come on. I'm very excited (laughs) to be here. So uh, how long have you been listening? Since 2014. Nice. I'm a nurse and I took a mostly desk job as a nurse um, in 2014 and found myself, didn't know what to do with myself Mm -hmm. at a desk. So I um, started listening to podcasts. Amazing. Sweet. And the other nurses come up to socialize and you're like, I'm busy. That's right. <laughs> Please leave. <laughs> All right. Well, this episode's made possible by Patreon supporters like Rachel Campbell, who've pledged their support at patreon.com slash Jason and Karen. So thank you, Rachel. I want to mention we did a call-in show, which we do every month, and we had guest uh, co-call-in show person Chris from the Talking Dead podcast. And he and I talked about all our feelings about Fear the Walking Dead. That was last week, and that was a lot of fun. And so if you sign up, you'll hear all, you can hear all our past call-in shows and be, and join in for any of the future ones. And we have a Jason and Karen episode coming up with our top five all-time favorite comedies. We'll be recording that later this week. Oh, that'll be great. I know. I'm excited about that. I'm excited for that. Okay. Attention shoppers. Deadcast top three in five, four, three. All right, it's our Deadcast Top 3. It's our Top 3 Highlights for Fear the Walking Dead Season 5, Episode 15, Kill Me Now. (laughs) 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 Just kidding. (laughs) Channel 5. (laughs) So uh, should we, I mean, uh, what if we just said our rating for the episode? Great. Out of five. (laughs) What's your rating? Out of five candy beansies. How many candy Negative. Um, that pretty much. So says I, it all. I have never rated the episodes before, but this one would be not my lowest, but pretty close. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like pretty a close. two. I think like a probably a one. Yeah, that's the last, the lowest. 
Yeah, I think there's a few there that get fractions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Lucy? Uh, one candy beansy. <laughs> one, what flavor? Black Fucking licorice. Boogie flavored. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, black licorice is the only acceptable flavor. <laughs> I'd say 1.5 or 2, maybe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. all right, Jason. You loved it. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm a fanboy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay, let's get into our top three. Wendy, would you like to go first? Sure. So my number three is the characters on Fear of the Walking Dead. Initially, I was super disappointed to see that it was another found footage episode. Mm. We already had one of those, and I felt like that was enough. I yep. didn't feel the need to have another of these episodes. It just feels repetitive and tired. Mm -hmm. But that being said, I did think it was a good opportunity to see all of the characters. And this show has some really great characters. I think that's probably the best thing I can say about the show mm -hmm. right now. You know mm -hmm. what? Um, another thing that I always you know, often say is great about the show is the cinematography, the framing of the shots, the, the very cinematic quality and, and the um, aesthetic style of the film, whatever mm -hmm. they use and all that kind of stuff. And so an episode like this, oh, they just throw that out the window. Oh, it's one of the few things you guys love about this show. Let's just not do that this time. <laughs> <laughs> no anymore. <laughs> I really didn't mind. I, I saw a lot of um, critique over the shaky camera style, and that really wasn't what bothered me. What bothered me was that I get the point of having an episode like that, but we already had one. And yeah, yeah. you feel like it's not telling a story when it's this type of episode. Yeah. Um, but that being said, the positive of that was that you get to the chance to see a little snippet of each character and you usually don't get that, especially there are so many characters right now on Fear of the Walking Dead. Um, we didn't get to see Luciana, which I know everybody's really upset about that. <laughs> but other than that, there's a lot of characters that we haven't seen a lot of that I think have great potential. I think the rabbi I really am interested in him and want to see where that goes and see more of him. I think Wes really interested in. Yeah. And I think I did start to enjoy seeing a little bit of each character and seeing what was going on with all of them. Um, and though I wanted story, I wanted substance, having that was good to see all the different characters and sort of take inventory of them. Mm. It didn't take them long to water West down. He's just become another clone of everyone else. Three episodes after yeah. his introduction. <laughs> I agree with you well, as potential for sure. Yeah. yeah. And I think that um, there's so many characters that I'm kind of surprised how many there are at this time. I know. Because this show adds characters but doesn't kill them off, so they step yeah. up pretty quickly. Yeah, mm -hmm. I was kind of wondering about that. Like, are we going to have a purge next <laughs> season? I'm just really glad that we got to spend some more time with Tess because, you know, she's my favorite. <laughs> 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 and like Strand, we hardly saw in this episode. Hey, this was a great Tom episode, right, Lucy? 
don't even get me started on Tom. In half my notes, he's called Tim because I forgot that he was called Tom. (laughs) Well, it doesn't really matter now, does it? It really doesn't. (laughs) We're gathered here to celebrate the life of Tim. Yeah. Whatever his name was. I was trying really hard to look for positives in the episode. And that was one positive I had is that you got to kind of take inventory of all the characters and... I think that is the best thing this show has going for it right now is we love some of these characters. And I don't think besides Luciana, who's no longer in this episode, I don't think there's one character that I don't think is interesting. Even Charlie? I I like Charlie. (laughs) I do. I'm halfway kidding. Someone likes Charlie as well. Yeah. Well, I like her. The more I see of her, the more I like of her. I'm just like, I, I, okay, Charlie killed somebody and people are like, oh, she's a teenager. Meanwhile, over in Walking Dead, Henry's like trying to save the universe and everyone's like, he sucks. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> so true. Okay. Okay. Cool. Lucy. Um, I just wanted to speak to something that Wendy said about the um, repeating the found footage thing because I think this is something that really pisses me off about shows generally is when uh, the example I always think of is early 2000s Doctor Who when the showrunner changed to Stephen Moffat and Stephen Moffat was really loved in the Doctor Who fandom because he'd invented the Weeping Angels and he'd done a couple of really good standalone episodes but then when he was showrunner he just kept going back to that and doing the same thing again and again and so what made it good became rubbish because it was repeated and you know the original impact of having the Stone Angels or the Weeping Angels was lost because we just had it again but worse and I think (laughs) this is what this episode has kind of done is like oh that cool episode that we did we're just going to do it again, but it's going to be a bit more pointless and a bit stupid and kind of take everything up a bit. And yeah, I kind of agree that it was um, not... Uh, yeah, I could have lived without seeing it again. You know, sometimes you've got to know when to leave the party, leave them wanting more. Don't... You mean specifically about the documentary style? Yeah. Or Okay, because when you're yeah. saying this, it also... The whole thing of Ginny's MO and even her cartoony style really oh, smacks just... of Negan, even to the point where oh, yeah. Dwight at the end is... Going, no, I'm not staying around for this. I've already done this with Negan before. I hate repeating plot lines, so I'm out of here. It's like Austin Emilio just really shoves his microphone on the ground like, fuck this. this He's like, I'm out. I'm I'm done. Have a nice Um, season six, everybody. I will have a good season six. I'm going skateboarding. I didn't know Austin Emilio is a famous skateboarder. Oh, it totally fits his... His look for some reason. Right? Also, he's like younger than me, which is really depressing because I think he looks older than me. But anyway. It might be the burns. <laughs> so my, for my number three, I will go with, oh, I'm torn between the intro or Tim Sucks, which apparently isn't even his name. So, <laughs> Right, I'll go with the intro um, because I think I had like one maybe semi-nice thing to say about it. Um, so the intro is Ginny's propaganda video. Um, the things I took away from this are that Ginny is batshit. Like she has got 
like crazy face there's no two ways about it um (laughs) there's a possible link to the main show with the key to the future you know we all carry these keys we all wear these hats which by the way is a fucking stupid uniform but the key to the future was also the name of the book that georgie gave maggie um so yeah interesting wording it probably means nothing but it's Mm -hmm. interesting that they did that she did remind Um, me of of georgie a little bit in this episode just yeah talking about a little bit more yeah just resources and building society and stuff like that what i liked about it um is it linked to a really depressing thing in real life which is how we manipulate footage and facts and the news cycle is constantly filled with i'm not going to say fake news but you know this idea that we manipulate things to show what we want them to show and that's how we're you know people are getting not brainwashed but people are getting manipulated into thinking a certain way and we see that because we've actually seen tim tom's um footage before we know that what he's actually saying at the start is that this is why Ginny's group are bad and this is when things started to go wrong oh, i but was wondering Ginny has, why tom was in her movie yeah Ginny's found that footage okay. and she's edited out the bad stuff how did so she thought, get the oh, footage yeah, I mean that—that's the thing. I was like, "That's really clever." How the fuck did she get the footage? <laughs> so yeah, I was like, <laughs> the same way she knows that they diverted to a, another route to get medicine for the sick woman. Completely, She's just really and, observant. I mean, the other <laughs> thing about the intro, the two other notes I have are that I—I I listened to, I re-listened to last week's episode um, to kind of check that we didn't bum out the whole population that listens to the podcast and um i we mentioned that al uh her reaction to like one tin can going missing was to like pull out a rifle and in this one <laughs> uh tv show that she doesn't like she just fucking smashed the tv yeah. on the ground I yeah like, that's what i there. i actually i understand because i did that to my tv right after i watched this episode <laughs> <laughs> Jenny's pissed. Yeah, and you know, I, I, I used to like quite like the cutesy little intro, but now the minute I hear that stupid plinky plonky music, I just want to smash my face into something. <laughs> um, so for me, my number three was the intro. <laughs> I kind of did like that she smashed the TV, and then you know how they include an element of the show from the in the yeah. little title thing, and it was just all cracked. But that was cute, yeah. I guess. But yeah, I'm like. God, for a woman whose whole existence is about getting the word out and in the zombie apocalypse, it's, I mean, it's, to be honest, just really stupid that they would choose video as the format to do that, considering there's no electricity. (laughs) But anyway, that's what they did. So she should probably want to preserve every TV she can. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But no. She but just no. fucking smashed because reasons. Yeah, it's all good. Because <laughs> she was mad. So that's my number three. <laughs> okay, uh, let's see. My number three is is deal with the devil. And um, Ginny, I think, is really good at having at having what other people need and want and roping them into helping her by offering them what they need and, and pinpointing what they need. And suddenly our groups what they need is to find a place to call home even though they made the decision at the beginning of the season to go out on the road because that's how they were going to fulfill their mission to help people instead of staying at the home they already had which is the denim factory which they could just fucking go back to if they're looking for a place to stay but 100 percent. anyway (laughs) they've changed course and they're looking for a place to call home and for some reason i guess the denim factory is boring or something i don't know so um (laughs) So, uh, Ginny, Ginny has all these places, uh, uh, the condo complex, a bowling alley, a logging camp, 
country club, which is, you know, they, they would love to settle down in one of these places, but, um, they don't want to make a deal with the devil. I'm like, why not go back to that awesome mall that you were at a couple of weeks ago that had all those cushy beds and candy beansies and everything. I mean, I think there was something over the radio about a mall, but I don't know if it was that mall. I mean, they're going to have to come to grips with maybe that they might have to clear a place out of the zombies that are there. To yeah, there was one where John and Morgan were somewhere and John just says something like, oh, if this place was in better shape, it would be great. And then they just walk out. I'm like, Dory, clean it, you it's dick. It's a fixer-upper, like- <laughs> asshole. There's got to be thousands of places. The, the whole population is dead. That means there's real estate. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, oh, and, it's kind of nice, but never mind. Man, like, I don't like the shade of paint. Yeah. So um, they get to Humbug's Gulch. So they decide to pick a place that's out in the middle of nowhere. That if they if it if it's not perfect and stocked with food, then they're fucked. I mean, yeah. they were going to have to ask for help whether there were zombies in this place or not because they had no food. Food is really the important thing. They yeah. they can make shelter and stuff, but I mean, what were they going to do if the place didn't have any zeds? Oh, quick, let's farm. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> so anyways, I, I, even when they got there, you know, I, I'm, I'm like, did they really do everything they could they could do before they asked for help? Because before they were like, no, we don't need you. We're going to prove you, you wrong. And then at the first time of trouble, call her up. <laughs> I was just like, guys, let's just take a beat. Let's maybe sleep on it and see how we feel in the morning. Yeah, like, you know? <laughs> right. It uh, seems so unnatural and silly. It's just yeah. forced. I, I, <laughs> It's like the same think, thing as being in this place uh, earlier this season where they needed to build an airplane to get out. It's like, really? Right. And I think it would have been better if that was our goal. If our goal was to have those two groups coexisting together, there had to be a better way of getting there than this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I think maybe they've been talking about a big change at the end of the season. And I don't actually think it's going to be this. But for a second, I was like. Oh, maybe they're going to be living under Ginny's rule for a while. So fear season six can just be just like Walking Dead season seven when they were living, living under Negan's rule. Oh awesome. my God, that would be amazing. We all loved that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that was, was so, so fun. Great. <laughs> that's a great idea. So anyway, um, I guess that's it. <laughs> Wendy, what's your number two? Number two. Um, I struggled to find, I, I was determined that two out of three of my top three were going to be positive so bear with me wendy did say that about 10 a.m my time this morning so she's had a good six hours guys (laughs) just to put this in context here it comes yeah so (laughs) be impressed uh alicia picasso no (laughs) wait a minute (laughs) so at first i found alicia's painting very annoying um as I, I think many people have. But I think it's because I just lumped it all into the, I don't know. Can you believe they are doing this silly horseshit in the zombie apocalypse? Um, problem that I think is a personal problem I've been having. But when I really explored it, I found the value in the paintings. I think it's a testament to, you know, the inextinguishable human experience that even at the end of the world we can connect through art and i thought about if if i'm you know your 
typical survivor and I'm driving down the road in the last of my gas and I keep seeing these painted things, maybe that would make me feel a sense of community. Um, and um, that actually makes a lot more sense to me when I think about it fully than the videotape commercials that they are creating because Again, this is something you don't need electricity for. Everybody's using the roads. It, it seems like that more than anything makes it sense. Almost like graffiti. I was here. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I get that. But the thing that got me is she gets this like medicine-y green and it looks like she's just painting a big solid square on the tree. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? What? And she's saying, this is the only thing that makes sense to me. And for some reason, that little moment there just made me feel so sorry for her character because I could see if she was still painting those, uh, what was she painting? Eagles or something? I forget. Phoenixes. Phoenixes, yeah. Rising from the ashes. It's not on the mm -hmm. nose at all. But anyways, at least they were pretty. <laughs> and now, wh right? What was that? She was just like making a big solid <laughs> patch of green. <laughs> I think she's making a background to paint okay, the Phoenix on. Okay, okay. That's what I thought that when was, I watched yeah, it. Yeah. Well, I actually should. thought it was um, Cubist, so I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> that tree is going to go for big bucks. It is, definitely. It reminded me of in um, Parks and Recreation when one of the characters is quite depressed and he spends like three weeks or something making like the world's shortest claymation <laughs> He's like, could a depressed person do this? And I was just looking at Alicia like, oh, honey, you're so yeah. depressed. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. I get your point totally. Like, I think, you know, one of the themes of the zombie apocalypse is are we just about survival or can we get back to um, beauty of life and living for things beyond that? And art is definitely one of those. And I love when they play music or sing or stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It was just yeah, I, what she was doing that was weird. I, I honestly thought of it more as graffiti than art because it was more like a message. Like, I'm still here. I'm still here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm trying to show the other people that are going to pass by this at a later time that I'm still here. And if you saw three of my phoenixes in a row, you would know this is the path that I took. Um, and also, hey, it, it can lift your spirits if you saw, actually saw a piece of art that was clear it was painted during this ZA. That that could give people some hope or some lightness. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's how I took it. I took it to say you're trying to have a sense of community. Um, you know, I thought about it like you see ancient cave drawings and it's hard to believe that people in those prehistoric times would take the energy and the, you know, the effort to make something like that when truly probably survival was 95% of their time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I, I thought about it like that, that it's impressive that somebody is going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's just that. I think big... you made a really beautiful point, Wendy. I just it's just the defeat in Jason's voice. The, like, the green, yeah, <laughs> the ugly green. I, I I almost felt like Alicia Debnam Carey as she was saying that was rolling her eyes. I don't know if I was probably just projecting. <laughs> oh no, I think you might have something there. I don't know. Okay, uh, yeah, it'd be funny if next week just half the actors aren't on the show when they have to explain it away. 
Because <laughs> they all like, yeah. jumped a fence during filming. All right. Lucy, what's your number two? Um, Let's have a wee look at my list of things. Um, it, As regards painting, um, it's not one of my points, but I think Wes wants to do some like freaky stuff with paint and Alicia going by the little That is what it seemed like, right? He said, yeah, like, I got I'll that paint too. with you. I was like, oh my God, they're going to like paint their butts or something. <laughs> he said, uh, it, it doesn't just have to be trees. I, I might need a new medium grin. And it sounded like he was going to be painting her naked body, but I really <laughs> think that was uh, unintentional. I think he wasn't talking about that. Cause sharp cut to next week and it's just him like making a mud sculpture yeah. <laughs> and we're like oh that's not what we thought was gonna happen i don't um, know she didn't look at him like i think she it was like what are you saying <laughs> it's like uh hey there <laughs> and we haven't seen her with anyone since season two right yeah since uh jake. not evil auto jake yeah. on season three <laughs> yeah. yeah oh okay was that three okay yeah. Yeah, that was. The I, I think they have good chemistry. Yeah, I, Felicia and Wes want to get freaky. Yeah, is Nick and Sam fine with that? <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. So, moving away from the sexy paint parties, um, I I will go for Tim Tom sucks because honestly, most of my notes are just about how much I hate him. Um, he. I, I'll just read what I've written. Tim is a dick. Run away, Janice. Tim is a loser. Ginny is right. He should die. <laughs> sorry. God, this is mean. I'm so sorry. Um, he radios for help. No, Charlie radios for help when Grace keels over and then it cuts to like, Tim is there for no reason. I'm like, did he just kill Grace? Turns out he didn't, but it would have made it a bit more interesting. I agree. Um, I think he has literally the stupidest death ever. Like I just I just cannot think of a stupider way to go. He is a moron. I'm just like, why is what I mean what oh anyway, you can sense my frustration with him. Uh, the last frame is genuinely made me laugh out loud and I don't think it should have, but it's just like, oh well, what a way to go. Also, how did Al get that footage? Nobody knows. And then for the rest of the episode they're talking about like, let's do this for Tom <laughs> for for Tom, <laughs> for him. And I'm like, why? He's a mo- he just died in the stupidest way possible. He's a legitimate moron. You've known him for like two days. Why do we give a fuck that he died? And I know his sister's still there, so we should all like, you know, be like tactful or whatever. But also, come on, guys. Like, better people have died for less. He died for the detour. Yeah, well, whatever. So anyway, Nami, he died because he was a moron. So R.I.P. Tim, you will not be missed. I kind of hope that Ginny would just shoot you to make a point. But as it turned out, you finished yourself off anyway. <laughs> so there we go. Um, so that was what was the he most doing? Horrible. What when he, he was died? recording? But what he was recording? They were the calling moment. for him to come back. Oh, he just wanted to yeah. keep filming. Yeah, because that was, was important. Like, Mm-hmm. This is the story, man. And I'm like, uh, I compare like it to people taking grizzly bear selfies. Literally that. Like, yes. I, I, like, was, I was rooting yeah. for the bridge. That is the point <laughs> I got to. So I was like, do you know what? I'm rooting for the bridge. I didn't really dig the whole documentary slash found footage thing of this episode. Um, but I did like that the camera captured his last moment like that. I thought that was kind of an intense frame to to have there for a second of him just ah it's like oh <laughs> shit yeah it was dumb but it was it was intense but then you see al editing it and i'm like 
okay, yeah, it's really important to get the grisly details of this moron's death in our documentary about why you should join our group. We have to show them the whole story. Well, I mean, I'd want to know that Tim was dead before I joined the group, but you know, just yeah, me. yeah. It's like we don't uh, weed out the um, like lesser people, unskilled people. We let nature do that. See, here's an example. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I mean, I actually don't. I think Tim was actually, he seemed like a pretty good guy to me, just maybe not so bright, but he seemed like a good person for sure. All right, Jason, I'll just go and sit in my I'm a total cow corner. <laughs> well, really I, about I liked him when he was telling his story in the backseat of the car and a- everything after that just made me want him to die. Yeah. <laughs> and Grace cool. shouldn't feel guilty because if he didn't die then, he was going to die like four hours later. Yeah. I'm glad you said that because now Lucy doesn't have to feel bad for being a sadist. <laughs> for being a sadist. I'm just a timophobe. I just, I can't, I can't deal with him. I just don't like him. <laughs> okay. Anything else on Tim? Um, anything Tom. Else on it's Tim. Tom, actually. Tom. Uh, we'll just call him Tim. That's fine. <laughs> the fact I don't remember his name is probably not a good thing. Um, I, I liked when Ginny saw him and was like, oh, hey there, Tom. And he's like, Ugh. and I was like, haha, that's funny. She's like, <laughs> really wants to kill you yeah um, so i just enjoyed that dynamic for a moment there um, you like jenny in that moment <laughs> in that one moment i was like i'm siding with jenny but i mean honestly like i mean we'll probably come on to this but like why is jenny bad we still don't know why she's bad yeah we like, do we think... totally do if well, someone what? doesn't um if someone doesn't contribute to the level that she de- deems useful then she will kill them that is fucking bad there's no bones I mean, about it. I mean, we've not seen that yet. We've yeah, I, fucking I, I feel the same way, Lizzie. I feel the same way. Like, we know there's an edge there, and we know she's not going to be a good person. She tried to kill what, Tim I, because he couldn't maintain the condo, Tom. Yeah, but did you see how long he lasted? No, it doesn't matter. I'm serious. Like, just because a guy is not good at maintaining a combo doesn't mean he should lose his life or if he's annoying. If you really want to talk seriously about what's wrong with uh, Ginny, you can't kill people because they're not good at something. That's why she's bad. It's very clear. But what I feel, I'm with Wendy on this. Yeah, we don't have enough (laughs) details. Like, we have Tom's story and we have his sister's interpretation. But we don't have any, she, anything further than She that. said in this episode, I tried to kill you because your track record, uh, something, something, like wasn't, you know, good enough or whatever. She said that and, and she goes, know, I'm not going to apologize for my methods. But we don't know any more about Tom than we do about Jenny at this point. He might have caused more uh, deaths. We don't know that. I, I no, to, no, no, no. The, the implication was that because he was the... Uh, HOM or whatever you call it. What, what is it? Housing Association manager of this condo that they, and he said, the only reason I got it was because uh, nobody else applied for the job. So I was elected. And then they had all these, they had this roof garden and all this stuff and it didn't go well. It wasn't maintained well enough. And so it rested on his shoulders. And that's why she killed him because he wasn't able to keep it going. And the I'm way like, that they depict it, though, in this episode, right? The way that the way that if you watch this episode without the explicitness of that beforehand, what they phrase it as, um, the the siblings, um, Tom and Janice, is that 
Ginny wouldn't stop, wouldn't do a detour for one person. But what we find out, if we go by the logic of everyone else, is that detour actually cost them, well, it cost them Tom, for one thing, because he died. And I just think that whole argument about one person at the cost of the many, I don't think it, I mean, I wouldn't want to be in Ginny's group personally, but I think when you frame it as they're helping one person, but it gets them nowhere in the end, versus she's helping lots of people and it seems to be working. I just think that's an interesting tension that you have there. There's a difference between not going out of your way to save a dying woman and killing a man because he's not skilled enough for you. She didn't kill him, though. He's alive. She tried, but he got away. He ran. She would have tried hard enough. If 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 he would have stayed and let himself be killed, then he, he would have succumbed to her intention to kill him. But the only reason why he's not he wasn't dead is because he ran away and got away from her before she could kill him. I mean, I think, uh, I mean, you guys are allowed to have your opinions, of course. Oh, God, that sounds so douchey. But anyways, it's <laughs> like uh, it, it, the, what the show is telling us is uh, like the whole Logan was saying, you won't like her methods and all this stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, in my mind, it's super clear that the reason why she's a bad guy is because she'll kill anyone who's not useful. And that, that seems pretty I... straightforward to me. I just think it's a bit murkier. I just do. I can't help it. I think it is a bit murkier than that. I agree with you that it's bad. I wouldn't want to be in a group where one person is killed off for the others, etc., etc. I don't think... I'm not saying, you know, she should definitely do that. She should definitely kill someone. That's not a problem because taking a human life is inherently a bad thing. But I'm thinking about it in terms of, like, arguments about how society moves forward and, like, the bigger picture and things like that. And I do wonder if you know, she's not the worst we've ever seen in terms of villains. And I'm just not convinced that they've done enough to establish her as a no shades of grey bad person. Like someone who you're definitely like, yeah, I would not want to be there. Um, Because if it's a motivation for people to pull their weight, then it's not great. I was in a fraternity once and... And you uh, killed someone? There were... uh, (laughs) I just decided to join this fraternity to see what it was like and about two months in the heads of the fraternity decided that some of the guys were too nerdy and so they invoked this thing where everybody had to vote who they thought should be out of the fraternity and that was just their way of getting these guys that were too nerdy out and um i uh I, I I didn't get voted out, but I quit because I thought that was pretty fucked up. Now, this you is the same thing as that, only instead of getting them out of the fraternity, you murder them. I don't know if they vote, though. No, there's no vote. That's the other thing. It's just whatever <laughs> Ginny, <laughs> Ginny <laughs> decides that. Well, and here's the thing. In the ZA, the risks, what's on the line is so much heavier. I thought about that when I watched the episode, some of Al's actions, I would not want to hang out with Al in the zombie apocalypse. Like she puts people at risk. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but I get what Lucy is saying about it being murky. Yeah. At some point you have to say that someone is too high of a risk. And I don't know what Tim was doing. Tom, Mm -hmm. Tim, Tom, Tim, Tom, Tim, Tom, but I I watched this episode kind of with Al in mind and thinking, I wouldn't want to be next to Al. Like, she puts people at risk for a story, for a video. You have to put 
priorities on things when you're talking about survival and yeah. human life should come before the story come before yeah doing someone else good i agree i agree with that yeah I agree so with that. that's Absolutely. what i mean by murky like we don't know what their their final motives are and if their motives were altruistic which again they're the bad guy, so it's probably not. But we don't yeah. well, know all of look that. Look at this. Yet. Okay, so she here's what she said. She said, "Tom, I tried to kill you because your track rate record made you a liability. The only thing that we know about his track record is that he was voted. They made a point to say that he was voted leader, and uh, because no one else applied, and so they all looked to him, and then he failed in keeping the community going. So I would argue that he doesn't deserve to die because of that. Maybe there's something else that he did that they're not telling us, but I really don't think though. I think the whole point of them saying Ginny is ruthless and that only the skilled people will will live. That's that's why she's a bad guy. But um, also she, you know, wanted these people to join her and they said no. So she had her men fire guns in the air to bring the zombies in and potentially kill them. That's pretty fucked up. I, I If somebody did that to me, I wouldn't want to be their friend. Yeah, I think that's fucked up. I agree with that completely. I think the, the thing that interested me about the way they framed it for... Uh, Mr. T is because um, I'm, I'm, I don't remember what his name is. Um, was that she said liability, and I just I w I'm interested to know does that mean liability to the whole thing going forward, or does it mean people's lives are actually at risk? Because you know, right. look at what Carol had to do to Lizzie. Yeah, yeah. If Tom if Tom was malicious, then I think that would be one thing. But what the show has told us is that he's kind of incompetent. And if you're going to yeah. kill all the people who are kind of incompetent, in my opinion, that makes you a clear bad guy. It's, I'm, it's hard. Because, I, yeah. I mean, like if somebody's saying, hey, who wants to do the next run with Al? I'm not signing up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, then they should kill Al. If Ginny, if they go under Ginny, she should kill Al. She should definitely kill Charlie. Um, who else? <laughs> she... Yeah, or at least put I mean, her in a they box need to go through. Twenty. No, they need to kill her, and they need to go through and pick all the people who are not good at anything and kill them. And then you guys might say, "Well, she's a good guy because that's the way that they're going to succeed and keep the most people alive." I don't think either of us would say that. <laughs> Apart from you, might because of Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, no, no, and I, I think I'm, can you yeah. let those people just walk away? Will they walk away? I'm just saying. No, that's not I'm what she sure does. She tried are... to kill Tom. She didn't give him the opportunity right. to walk away. Like honestly, I think a lot of this comes down to bad writing. Like I do, I just think they haven't done enough to clearly establish things. I think they've they've said things, but they haven't shown us them. Do you know what I mean? I just feel like there's things with this writing that just hasn't made it. The way that they've built things up, there hasn't been as big of a payoff. They've built it up to be this like ultimate evil empire thing, and what we're getting instead is an egomaniac who clearly has bad ideas about, you know, how to control a group, how to take control of a mob. But I don't feel like we're getting much more than that because surely on this logic, like they could just join. I don't understand why at no point does anyone like, yeah, we'll join the group and then one of us will get rid of Ginny. We'll have a coup. We'll overthrow. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't understand. Like Ginny, her methods are clearly crap. But the whole settlement thing, I don't know. I'm just like, surely there are other ways around this. I just feel like they haven't established it particularly well. I mean, well. they should, yeah, they can, uh, the way that 
our group is doing it, in my opinion, is actually better than anything we've seen on The Walking Dead or Fear the Walking Dead before in that they're gathering up people and they're trying mm-hmm. to build a, a bigger group where you can all help each other. And the one difference between Ginny is they're not killing the people who aren't as useful. And the thing is, they just need to establish some rules so that if people misbehave, there's clear consequences for it. And they haven't really done that. And they need to be stop being really fucking stupid which is like yes, w- right? going going out into the middle of nowhere hoping that humbug's gulch is stocked with fruits and vegetables or whatever <laughs> but aside right. from that just the just the idea of being open to new people coming in but maybe having some rules and having a clear leadership structure and stuff like that i think that would be the best thing to do in the zombie apocalypse i think you'd find more than enough people who would want to be a part of a group like that and contribute yeah, for sure. I, I just, I don't know. With Ginny, I feel like it hasn't been established if this is Ginny's rule or if this is the rule of the whole organization. Because to me, that makes a difference. If the whole organization is we kill people, that's different to if it's one person saying, this is how I do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we haven't actually seen her do it. We've only heard. We've only heard. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. We've Yeah. Anyway, but sorry, I, I've totally derailed. I mean, I, she also yeah. did come in and kill all of Logan's people because she didn't trust them. So we did see that. But we were set up to believe that they were all bad, except maybe Logan, because Matt Fur is okay. Well, I mean, they were trying to, you know, take the oil from our people, but that's because that's what Ginny directed them to do. And then w- the only reason why she killed them is because he changed his mind and w- sort of went against her. So, I mean, I don't know. It seems pretty clear. She just sniped them all one by one. She just killed like seven people right in front of him. Again, though, like, if she wasn't there, is this a group? Is this like a group mentality thing, or is it a her thing? That's what I kind of want to know before. She's I... the clear leader. Yeah, no, she's the leader. But if she goes, like, it's like with Negan. If Negan was killed off, if someone shot him, would the rest of the saviors have continued to do that? And as we saw, when Negan, Negan gets deposed, they don't. They don't right. have that way of. Well, life. that's a different question. Whether or not the rest of the group follows her is a different question than is she a bad guy? Is she clearly a bad guy? I think she's a bad guy, but I think. It, it is a little murky because we just haven't seen enough of why they're doing things. Yeah. She's to, a bad guy. Yeah. To judge it fully. They're doing it because she wants to be the leader of a successful re-civilization, you know? Well, C- like 10 times she said, um, you know, my reasons are similar to yours, but you wouldn't you know, agree with my reasons, but she never really talked about. Yeah. Well, I know what they are. She wants to help just like they do. And she wants humanity to thrive, but she thinks more people will survive if you weed out the ones that aren't as helpful. That's where she's different. I think she has questionable motivations and methods, (laughs) but I don't know if her overall vision is the worst. Yeah, I guess if I was walking around along with a bunch of my friends and this leader came along and had her guys snipe all my friends, I would call that questionable. <laughs> I no, say, hmm, I, d- I'm not I don't sure mean that. I agree with your methods here. <laughs> no, I just I think her overall aim, I don't know. I don't think what she's doing is right. Um, but I just think her methods are questionable, but they haven't I don't think her ultimate objective is necessarily evil. No, obviously, yeah. I mean, her objective is for humanity to thrive 
And my sense mm-hmm. is that she's also, you know, has kind of a huge ego and wants to be the one who's responsible for that so she can be powerful. And that's that's, that's conjecture. The, the, we don't know that that's true. That's or not. conjecture. But um, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Her her she has said that she want you know, she's building a society. That's what she's doing. And that's what she wants to do. That's a great objective. But the part about where you kill innocent people because they're not good enough is, is, is just like a deal breaker. And it's, it's all about writing. If she had mowed down seven of our heroes and heroines, we would have been completely distraught. But she mows down seven people who we just found out three seconds ago were good people. So we don't care about them as much. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I do. I mean, I I try not to let that sway me that, oh, I know this person, so they're more valuable to me. I try to look at every person as having value. And, you know, emotionally, yes. If it like Nick, I'm like obviously more upset about that than anybody else. But it it doesn't change for me that just because I didn't know these people, that means that Jenny might be a good person because I didn't know the people she killed. And I think what's questionable is we the side of the story we don't know. You know? Yeah. Because All there's right. so well, much I, I, left I don't out. think either any of us are going to change our opinion. So we're just going to have to agree to disagree, I would say. <laughs> and we're going to have to, Wendy, um, we'll have to shoot Jason at the end of this. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So where were we? You just did your number two, right? I did my number two. Yeah. Okay. So mine is second time through. I noticed a few things on my second time through that had a little bit of a different significance. Like near the beginning, Tom says, here I am. I guess in a way I'm lucky. And I'm like, not so much. Near. <laughs> you your own luck there. Um, early on, Grace said she was talking about getting to, I guess they'd already decided to go to Humbug's culture, at least go to some place and she said I just want to be around long enough to see it the looks on everyone's faces when we get there and then <laughs> you see the looks on yeah. their face and they're like fuck um, Strand he he's a I noticed the second time through he's really the voice of dissent and reason throughout so like when they're talking about how they have enough gas to go about 50 more miles Strand says perhaps we should consider a different direction John says well we can't change course now uh, okay. Strand says, For there's reasons. nothing out there. <laughs> and I interpret that as them having a meta conversation about the direction of the show. But anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> then they're, uh, they're talking about going to Humbug's Gulch and Strand says, you haven't been there in years. We don't know what it's like. So I'm like, yeah, they should have listened to Strand. He's saying stuff like this throughout the episode. Morgan's saying, we've exhausted everything in this area. I'm thinking, what about that mall? But um, anyways, (laughs) then they're on this bridge. There's this huge hole. They're talking about putting planks over it so the um, big giant diesel can go over. I'm like, I don't know if that's such a great idea. And Strand and they're all gathered around the hole. And Strand says, I'm not even sure we should be standing here right now. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yep. And then uh, then uh, when they see the gulch, they finally get there and it's swarming with zombies strangest size yeah <laughs> so he's given up he's wearing a head handkerchief by the end yeah. he's just like i used to be stylish i used to wear suits i just oh i feel like Coleman domingo can really identify with strand throughout this whole episode yeah <laughs> it's like hard same hard same yeah. all right number one wendy all right video killed the entire season five yeah <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. The show has backed itself into a plot corner. Um, I think the plot of videotaping and telling the story segments were a good plot device for an episode or two. Or mm. they could have even done it as a small subplot for Al. Um, but the showrunners have placed this front and center for an entire season. Does yeah. this part of the plot line still interest you? <laughs> the use of video cameras and things. Yeah. The telling the story, the taping, the, the, the um, you know, we just found a survivor who hasn't been out for six years and we're going to videotape her. No. No, I think it's I think it's like the idea of people sharing their stories is fine. But the idea of chasing a story, the story, the big story is annoying because it's it's changeable. It's always like it's for this what story? There is no story right now. The story is like no one knows what the fuck is happening. Um <laughs> so yeah, I just I'm kind of done with it in that sense. I liked I like, when she went to find Isabel because that seemed like, oh, wait, there actually is a story happening now. But then she couldn't tell anyone. <laughs> yeah. Um, after an entire season of it, I feel like it's become tired and unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And it's but like, you put- know, that's the where they kind of drew themselves into a corner with Al because that's what she's all about. And so that's their go to thing with her. And it would be hard to explain why she would suddenly stop doing that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, They've put so much focus into this that it would be difficult to just switch gears. People have died because of the group's focus on, you know, the videos. And I, um, it would all seem pointless to the viewer if they suddenly just stopped it. However, I think that's what they have to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, are we going to... Which we don't want. I mean, I know. I like her. I, I mean, we character. don't want. I, I find her very interesting as much as I wouldn't want to do a run with her. Yeah. Um, yeah. But are we going to have two more seasons of in every episode telling the story and cameras and videos? Like, to me, I think if I tune into season six, episode one, and this is still the plot, I don't know. I don't know if I can keep going with that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I feel you. Yeah, I mean, I feel like maybe there's some way that could creative way they could find to make it interesting, and and um, they have it has evolved her whole thing and has served different purposes. I don't, I mean, this whole thing about them putting out of a, an advertisement video is silly because no one would see it if it was real, but um putting that aside that's kind of an interesting sort of different take on why what she's doing would be valuable you know but at this Mm -hmm. point having a second episode just like this in the same season is uh yeah it just feels like no maybe they thought it would be a nice sort of counterpoint to the first one but to me it just seemed like and we've already seen that let's move on yeah I, i agree having two warring groups using video as propaganda in the zombie apocalypse all these years with no electricity, you know, TVs and VCRs and DVDs at, you know, not handy, just seems, it just seems silly. Yeah. 
Um, and I think it takes you out of everything that's believable. Um, and, you know, for me personally, I had a lot of problems with season four. So when I started season five, I'm like, okay, I'm going to start off with a clean slate and I'm going to put things in the Department of Suspension of Disbelief. But I, mm. I feel like this has tested that. Um, and I did enjoy a lot of the season, but I feel like this should have been over with a long time ago. And mm -hmm. they should, they just need to, they just need to kind of do something completely different. If they're, yeah. if they're going to go this silly, they should have like a genie appear or something and <laughs> zap Morgan back in time pre-apocalypse so we can see how PTSD Morgan like deals with his life with Dwayne and Jenny. And I want to see an episode <laughs> like that. <laughs> like, go nuts. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what it is. We could have singing. It's, yeah, I think, it. you know, I'm thinking about what they could do and they keep seeing a big change is coming, but like every fucking season of this and the main show they're like you've never seen anything like it before big and you know i just i don't believe it but the one thing i can think of them doing that might help is what happened at the end of uh god what season was it of game of thrones where the sept thing seven happens? season, season seven episode one wasn't it or was it the final episode no of season I think was it was at the end of season ten. six six ten yeah. yeah. 610. I'm wondering if they're going to do something like that. I would welcome that. <laughs> Me too. Like, I'm literally sitting there thinking, do you know what? Fine. Like, and, or what, even what happened at the dam. Like, we weren't sure who yeah. had survived there. I feel like something has got to kind of really go in order for this to keep working. Because I just don't yeah. know how this is going to be another season after this. Like, I, I agree. They need a palate cleanser. And as much as I hated when they did that, you know, previously, I think mm -hmm. they need to do that now to keep yeah. it going. Like we can't just keep going this way. Yeah. We, we need whatever plot device they need to use, even if it's unbelievable, we need to get onto the other side. Yeah. Absolutely. I completely agree. I mean, I, at this point, um, man, if you love the show, I'm I'm really sorry, but I just feel like the I don't have any faith in these showrunners, and no matter what they do, and I, I could be wrong, of course, but we'll see. But next season they're going to be here. That's season six. They're already you know scheduled to be the showrunners. So I'm just like, nah, it's not going to be any good. And we'll see. Maybe it will. But um, after that, I feel like they're either going to replace them or they're going to um cancel the show. Also, like, I, w I wanted to get this in, Jason, you might cut this. Um, and it's quite funny, given that we've just had an argument about who would kill people in the apocalypse. But I've seen, like, a lot of people kind of saying, you know, we still like the podcast, can you still do it? You know, will mm -hmm. people, you know, it, it seems a shame to leave it. Like, Jason works his butt off for these podcasts, even though we're sitting here kind of not taking it seriously. You know, he has to prepare. He has to, we all watch it at least twice, which by the way today was an ordeal. Try watching this <laughs> double yeah. speed on VLC in the bloody university library. It's not a barrel of laughs. Um I'm kidding. We do this because we love it. But when you don't love the show anymore, which I think is starting to come across in both of our responses to it every week, 
much though we love that you love the show, I think, you know, bear in mind that Jason does this, you know, <laughs> full time. He does a lot, man. And if he's saying it's time for us to maybe take a step back and only do one in a while, I think that's okay. Yeah. So don't fret. We'll still be here. It's just not going to be every week. Yeah. I was actually going to do a news item about this, but since you brought it up, I'll, I'll talk about it now is, um, we're going to what we're going to do next season is we're going to do an episode after the mid-season finale just talking about probably our like top 5 points about the whole half season and then we'll do another mm-hmm. one after the season and i think a lot of listeners have come around and be like no i don't blame you but there are still some who are like no i want to hear you every episode because even though the show's so so i enjoy hearing the podcast and i totally understand that and it actually is kind of fun for me to be able to kind of let loose on a show that i don't love but um yeah. it's not as much fun or nearly as fulfilling as actually just diving into something that i'm really into or that i'm um, really curious about because yeah it's pretty much one seventh of my life right now is spent on fear the walking dead. And, um, I just, I, I don't, I don't want to spend one seventh of my life bashing something like that and spending so much time and energy on it. So we're not abandoning the show. We're going to still cover it. I'm going to watch every episode. Maybe if you know, um, we do podcasts in between, we'll spend a few minutes talking about that week's episode. And then that's the other thing is with that time that, uh, we aren't doing weekly Fear the Walking Dead episodes. We'll do other episodes on interesting things that we really like that we'll be excited about and interested in. And there's a fairly good chance that that will mean more Karen because she's not watching Fear, but she you know, would probably be glad to come on and talk about other things that she's interested in, movies that are coming out or whatever. So that's that's the bright side of, of all of that. Yeah, and I didn't mean for that to sound like, guys, stop being demanding. God, we hate our jobs. God, shut <laughs> no, up. No, it's awful. still fun. Like, if everybody who's listening to this, like, decided to sign up for Patreon and said, we'll sign up for Patreon if you kept doing it, I'd be like, all right, we'll do two a week. Yeah. Feedback episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and I we'll can... watch it again, double slowly, and then we'll do the philosophy <laughs> episode where we all just talk about ethics. <laughs> yeah, I can 100% say I would not still be watching this if it wasn't for the Patreon group and the podcast. Oh, I didn't know That's that. That's what... That's what keeps me watching. No, I have a short attention span. <laughs> I lose patience and interest easily. But that's what keeps me watching is because the group is watching. So so every week yeah. we'll have an episode of Walking Dead Cast where like, uh, I'll have different guest hosts on to talk about interesting movies and stuff like that. And then Lucy will do a half hour segment on that week's Fear <laughs> the Walking Dead. <laughs> and how we would kill Jason very early. <laughs> I'll have turned into Ginny by that point. I'll be like, right, who's next? <laughs> all right, where are we? We got to get going. Uh, num- where are Thanks we for saying number- all that, by the way. I appreciate it. That's all right. Uh, I just want you to like me again now that you I know think- I'd shoot you in the zombie book. You're on Lucy's number one. Oh, my number one. Um, I I guess Morgan and Grace. I This... Anyway, sorry. <laughs> I My theory is that maybe Morgan and Grace will get married next week and not John and June, but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, right before she says I, I do, she, she dies. Oh, this is... Yeah. <laughs> Look at the stars. <laughs> and then she turns into a zombie and eats him. End of series. I Honestly, this storyline is two good actors being wasted with literal like garbage dialogue. Like, I just, 
June is ultrasounding Grace's neck without knowing what she's I looking know. for. She's Does like, she think there's going to be a sign saying, I am cancer? Like, what are you doing, They're June? like, we took this thing from the mall, which we didn't see. And then she's <laughs> sitting there rubbing it over her. And then you cut to like reality TV style interview. By the way, I don't really even know what I'm looking for. <laughs> but like, we're using all this generator, you know, fuel yeah. to generate the electricity for this useless thing. Did they think it was like, my theory was maybe they thought Grace would be awake enough to look at it. But then I'm like, well, she's conked out. Like, what is she? She doesn't oh, know anyway. what to look for either, does she? I don't no, I no. think she does say something to Maury. Like, I wouldn't even know what to. No, I yeah. mean Grace. Yeah, no, I think Grace says to oh. Morgan in the mall episode no. when she's thinking oh. about going, she's like, I wouldn't even know what to look for. You're right, I think. So, she's like, you know. So stupid. That's one I of my notes think... is healthcare in the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than some, you know, more access than some parts of Blimmin Canada at the moment, to be honest. Anyway, <laughs> if June gets pregnant, then um, that will come in handy. That yeah, ultrasound. Definitely. That would be lovely. <laughs> I think the thing that pisses me off with Morgan and Grace at the moment is the the telling not showing and this whole thing of like, did Morgan say something about me? And it's I'm just like, we all know he's gonna say he loves you. We all know we're talking about love. Why are we still discussing this? Like I just and because then Daniel coming the yet. <laughs> yeah, and Daniel coming in like, Morgan, I don't know you, but here are some pieces of advice. You know, say things, and I'm like, Ruben, I love you, but honestly, this storyline is just pissing me off so much right now. I just think that it it's so contrived at this point. I just think the two actors together have good chemistry. I think the whole story they have is cute, but just this whole skirting around and euphemizing love and death in this episode really pissed me off. And, you know, June said something to Morgan at one point, like, oh, you know, get, we need this or it'll be too late. And Morgan's like, what do you mean? What will happen? What will happen? And I'm like, I mean, she'll die, obviously. <laughs> like, that's yeah. that's the thing. Why are you no. acting like this is a surprise? She'll, uh... um, She'll get hives. She'll break out in hives. It'll be horrible. Yeah, she'll 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 pee herself. Oh no, how embarrassing! Like, yeah, I just think um, I think they're not. I don't know. I mean, even June is saying like it could be this or it could be something different, and I'm just like, I just don't care. I'm just like either die or don't. Now, I just honestly, it's a shame for Morgan if that happens but the kind of pussyfooting around the love and death of it all is just starting to aggravate me a little bit i'm just like i thought the whole point was don't waste time Hmm. you know what i mean but anyway well when when uh morgan finally decided to be vulnerable with her and she said what does she say don't don't say it it'll only make things harder and i was like ah kind of disappointed and and uh i i sort of got it because she's feels like she's much closer to death now and it, it's one of those things where oh the timing has to work out in relationships and i i've sort of experienced that not because of death but just oh i'm interested in somebody and she's not and then i go move on and then she gets interested but i'm not anymore yeah. it's like i you get that feeling with it but it uh it does feel very kind of just soap opera-ish i guess yeah it's it's just one of those things where i'm like oh i just i think in a better episode, it might have come off better. Yeah, but this episode, yeah. I just thought, why are we, <laughs> why are we euphemizing all this stuff? It makes no sense. <laughs> so that was my number one. Was I am annoyed. <laughs> I think it's three episodes of building to the finale, which that's all they have. Yeah. 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 Exactly. 
Wait, I don't. What are you saying? It's three episodes of talking about Morgan expressing his feelings to Grace because that's all they have for the finale. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I love you, candy beansies. Oh, she died. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, my number one is all of the... Oh, shit! ...in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Which it feels like we've already talked a lot about, but um, let's see. I, yeah, I already mentioned that one of the greatest strengths is the cinematography, and then they kind of get rid of a lot of that. Um, also, just the fact it kind of stretches credibility of when they'd be filming, you know, um, that's kind of a criticism of a lot of found footage things but what like when grace uh passed out and they oh go come in here and you see uh different people being filmed from different angles and close-ups on their faces and (sighs) but when you see the opposite shot there's nobody filming on the other side where they would probably have need to be and it's just like oh it's almost like they're staging a tv show here so Mm -hmm. i think they Mm -hmm. just think people aren't going to notice that but but i noticed and then tom (laughs) he films everything no matter what and or whoever's holding, I think it's Tom a lot of time holding even the zombie attacks. And I'm wondering if Tom would have kept filming if someone got eaten, like he would do a real close up on it, like he's George Romero or something. Look at all those guys. And then I kind of did actually like, even though the whole thing is silly that they're doing these advertisements that Ginny has her own documentary and, and it's, propaganda because there's parallels and echoes between the two groups so anyway i actually liked that part if they had just ended with a couple minutes of jenny's and a couple minutes of our heroes and heroines i think that would have been good yeah yeah, I liked that part. I thought that was mm. ironic and, and funny and watching her her version I do think, I mean, you wonder, Some those people said, hey, we would have starved. So some of them probably are grateful to her. And it could either be because they don't know about her darker methods or they don't care because they're benefiting from it or um, she's forced them to do this documentary or done some creative editing like with Tom or something like that. But um, I think it's probably more that they mostly don't know and try to look the other way and not face you know i mean if somebody comes to me at work and says you know hey we're gonna video you i'm gonna smile and say (laughs) things that i might not 100 percent believe and and certainly not the same equivalent but yeah (laughs) yeah um jenny i feel like comes off really cartoony and it's reminds me of a poor man's negan a little bit yeah and uh what else charlie sucks at guitar (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Even when, like, Grace placed her fingers and then she did it again, it sounded exactly the same, just as bad. Can I just say, in defense of Charlie... <laughs> Guitar is hard, but... I had a little note about this. How much pressure is on her? She's like, oh, by the way, I'm dying and my last dying wish is that you learn to play the guitar so you're going to sit there and fucking learn it. And I'm yeah, just like, no doubt. Awful. But just my point is like, she's going, and then no, no, it's okay. Put your fingers here, here. And then she's like, and they're like, that's much better. <laughs> Charlie's like, kill me. <laughs> Jenny, I'm over here. <laughs> um, John says these 
humbug's gulches were designed to operate with a ga- without gas or electricity like you know the early days i'm like really would they make like this sh- shooting gallery for tourists and say p.s we don't have any electricity i don't know that seemed far-fetched to me maybe it's true but john is in my flipping bad books for not realizing that they were within five miles of a humbug's gulch i'm just like are you an idiot are you so busy wedding planning that you managed to like that just slipped your mind because that zombie managed to walk here john where's your head anyway i'm such a sucker i was planning you know season six humbug gulch i was all ready for that it could be i mean i could uh, yeah it might well be still could be uh, and the last one was the ultrasound, which you already talked about. So what about notes, Wendy? Healthcare and the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> um, you know, I thought about how frustrating it would be as a nurse. Um, almost everything a nurse does is with equipment. And I just can't imagine how frustrating that would be for June. I can really put myself in her place in those situations. Mm. And uh, it's it has to be so frustrating because you know enough to know what could be or what might be or what this could be leading to, but there's not much you can do about it. Yeah. And to go from that, knowing what is... I think that must be the hardest bit about the zombie apocalypse generally is knowing what is possible and what advances humans have made to suddenly being like... You yeah. don't have any of this convenience yeah. anymore. Deal with it. Have you? We're all pretty ill-equipped for that. Yeah. The, in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy book series, have either of you read those by Douglas uh, Adams? Long, no. long time They're really ago. Funny. I think I read the first one. And I think in the very last one, the main character, he's just this English guy, normal English guy, and he gets uh, transported back to caveman times. And he realizes that he has no skills or value to anybody except he can teach him how to make a sandwich and that's it. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I, f- I, f- I, f- I can relate to that because I feel mm-hmm. like my skill would be, oh, yeah, you're probably going to die. yeah what good is that (laughs) yeah yeah we can podcast the we'd be like al Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) they should have a podcaster why not (laughs) yeah why not wait anything else either one of you guys i saw an interesting internet rumor that wes is morgan's son did anybody see that no yeah yeah i had a friend talking to me about that and he said he would eat his hat if um if he's not his son and i said i oh would boy. eat his hat if it is his son so that hat is going to be hat eaten. Is getting eaten. Yeah. <laughs> he might need some salt and pepper <laughs> but uh i don't I, um, I don't think it's true no i don't think it's true no i do have a, a few notes actually um i like there was one shot i really liked of morgan kind of silhouetted with his staff on his own sort of walking the horizon that i thought was quite neatly done um, it wasn't part of the documentary footage. I think it was after the documentary footage cut for a bit. Um, I very nearly had a point on Dwight because I thought he had some interesting stuff this episode. Um, I think he really is trying to do better. Um, mm-hmm. The thing about Sherry was interesting because I don't fully trust Ginny. I think she could have got that information some other way. Mm-hmm. But... Or she could have killed Sherry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So I'm just sort of like, but I thought it was interesting that even with that, Dwight didn't defect, which kind of shows Mm. that he's got a bit of kind of character development there. Although when she mentioned Sherry's name and he he puts his gun up, that was a bit much. Like he was going to kill her just for mentioning her. 
I mean, would we care? (laughs) (laughs) Do you think we'll see Sherry on this show? For some reason, I feel like the actress isn't into it. I've not read that, but um, it seems like they would have brought her back by now if she was into it. Hmm. I think... My my other prediction is well, I for first of all, I think Dwight is right to maybe walk off at the end because to be honest, I would have liked to have joined him. But I think <laughs> he's gonna do a Carol in Terminus next week. I think he's gonna come in and save the day in some way. Uh, maybe, yeah. You know, that way where oh, she yeah. got banished. I, never... I feel like that's on the cards. I didn't he's think gonna... about that. That's great. Um I hope nice so. That... Yeah, I hope so. Um, I thought calling the kids to dinner was a really stupid line, but it seemed to fit Ginny's character. (laughs) Um, Everything in this episode looked a bit like the opening credits, which started to aggravate me after a while. Um, Skidmark made it, which was good. Uh, And the ending is a cool group shot, I guess, of everyone who we care so little about. (laughs) And I noticed that almost all of the women wear their hair half up, half down. So that's the fashion (laughs) at the moment. I thought that Daniel Salazar is the shining light to the show. I think the finale should just be an entire episode of Daniel and Skidmark. Singing to Skidmark. I love it. <laughs> you should do that. We'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> I really like anything that he touches on. I think he's he's probably my favorite character right now. Mm-hmm. I actually I like, think, yeah, yeah. like him better as a person than I did before, even though he was an oh, interesting yeah. character. Yeah. Cause he's very, yeah. whatever he does, he's, he brings his charisma to it. And he's yeah. just kind of accepting of things mm-hmm. and trying to make the most of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, w- when at the end they get to humbugs Gulch and they're like, ah shit. And then strands like, well, you know, there is one option here and I don't know why I was just an idiot, but I was like, what's he talking about? And for a second, I thought he was talking about cannibalism. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that's you, Jason. <laughs> like, whoa. Uh, and then a few likes when Al was doing something I, when they were trying to get the fluids, I guess, for Grace. And this Zed just came around the corner and attacked her. The way that was filmed, it just was like, I, I don't know, I really like that, like, oh, there's somebody there, and then, oh no, it's a zombie! That got me. But then it Alicia comes directly after, and it seemed like it was from the same direction, so maybe she should have said, hey, there's a zombie coming, or something like that. Yeah. I was just hanging here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I really liked what the little interaction between John and Morgan when he says, uh, I'm going to need a best man, so if you know anybody, I just thought that was really cute. That was yes, mm-hmm. and I like that they're going to have the rabbi offici- officiate, which kind of <laughs> snuck up on me, which is always good. Like I didn't see it coming, and I should have, a, you know, because we were wondering who would do that. Now that makes me wonder if that was the whole reason why they brought him. That's what um, I was thinking. The same thing. Mm-hmm. Like that's why they had that episode, right? But but uh, I like him. He's interesting. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. Yeah. So do you do you guys think we'll see a John and June wedding? Yeah. I think so. I do too. On yeah. this show, on Walking Dead, I might think not, but it would be nice to see a John and June wedding with everybody there and have a big celebration, I guess, and all the zombies can be the <laughs> groomsmen and everything. Jenny could come and make it a red wedding. <laughs> That'd be exciting. Yeah. Start playing the Reigns of Castamere. Final episode. <laughs> Gulch. <laughs> yeah, I, I just worry that, like, I, 
I loved John Dory and June at first, but now I just think it has an expiration date, you know? Yeah. It, it's kind of boring though, huh? Yeah. That's like, what happens. It's sad. It's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. But unless you're really clever and creative, you put two characters together in a show and, and it gets boring. Mm-hmm. That's what happened with um, Dave and Maddie in Moonlighting. Moonlighting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good? Yeah. yeah. All right, and we'll take a little break. There is more to come. Stay with us. threat to untold numbers of citizens the people he kills get up and kill are they slow moving chief yeah they're dead they're all messed up this is a walking deadcast news update okay last week i guess andrew chamless and ian goldberg were on the talking dead or maybe this is in preparation actually i think they're they're doing an episode after the finale that's what it is so in preparation for that The Talking Dead Twitter tweeted out, Season 5 has been a wild ride with no signs of stopping. What questions do you have about what goes on behind the scenes? What would you love to ask ask the showrunners? And they got a ton of responses, and here are just a few. (laughs) Ninja Warrior 1245 says, Why are you literally destroying this show? (laughs) (laughs) Agent Rodriguez says, Is Season 6 going to be trash like Seasons 4 and (laughs) 5? Uh, Mark says, why did you ruin the show? We want to see killing and drama. The show is called fear for a reason. It's supposed to be scary. Why there's other ones. Why did the show suck now? Why did you guys need to ruin what was once a great show? How does it feel running an amazing show and great characters, especially female characters? Cough, Alicia Clark, cough. How did you guys get this job? What, when are you going to get fired? Cough, Tim Dickens, cough. Yeah, yeah. How how incompetent do you have to be to write the show so terribly? Oh my god! How does it feel to have broken so many loyal fans' hearts? That's just the tip of the iceberg. So are those just all oh, from hate? Twitter? Yeah, we're gonna have to um, tune in and see if any of those get answered. I would I will actually watch Talking Dead in order to see that. To be honest, <laughs> I bet they're not gonna do that again. I know. I mean, I, I actually didn't go down the list and see if there were a ton of. Um, like reasonable questions I, I should go check it out and see well the reasonable questions don't get as much air i wouldn't say time. any of those questions are unreasonable <laughs> no I, you know what i mean like nice like polite ones I know I guess. Mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway uh I, I mean dude the if the executives don't know that there's this fan reaction to go along with their declining ratings they should know this is mean and i feel a little mean mm. for reporting it but um but they really should know. <laughs> no, they should absolutely. But it is the it is the climate of the fan base right now. I think so. so I, yeah. I think that's legitimate. Yeah. Hundred percent. Next week's Fear the Walking Dead season five finale is called End of the Line, and that's appropriate uh, because oh, this is where I was actually going to talk about how we're just going to do two episodes for season uh, six, but uh, also next year the new walking dead 
spin-off starts that hasn't been titled yet and I'm interested to see what they do with that. I bet Dwight turns up. <laughs> <laughs> How do you do, fellow kids? <laughs> <laughs> when does that start? I, I think they said just said spring. Okay. So, It'll be presumably after the main show ends. Yeah. They'll try and yeah, tie it that's, in. That's exciting. Yeah. What yeah. is that a reference from? Strangers with Candy? Oh, fellow kids. Yeah. 30 Rock. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Steve Buscemi's character, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Paul Tassi of Forbes magazine has been trashing Fear the Walking Dead season four and five and also wasn't a fan of Walking Dead season seven or eight, but liked nine, said he saw the Walking Dead season 10 premiere early and liked it. And so for whatever that's worth, I just thought since his opinions sort of are close to mine that... Um, there have been some good reports about the season 10 premiere i think um just going yeah. by sort of the general buzz, i'm excited about good. it it looks good yeah i can't believe it's so soon yeah i'm just yeah. hoping that you know season 10 keeps up the great momentum of season nine yeah fingers crossed that'd be awesome uh here's a little one for comic fans the only time someone other than robert kirkman tony moore or charlie adlard wrote or drew a walking dead comic was when brian k vaughn who's a great comic book writer mm. did um, what was it called? The La- Why the Last Man? And mm-hmm. Marcos Martin, they did a digital only story called The Walking Dead Alien. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think it was in Europe, in Barcelona. And uh, I think it might have been Rick Grimes' brother or something. I'm not sure. But yeah. Um, anyway, that's going to be available in print for the first time on local comic shop day on Saturday, November 23rd at participating stores. And it costs five ninety nine. So just oh, that's cool. People who like, yeah, I'll probably pick one up. I have almost every issue of The Walking Dead except for the first few, first like Mm. six. Uh, And then last, Tom Payne's new show, Prodigal Son, premieres on Fox tonight for us, but it will have already premiered by the time you hear this, Monday, September 23rd. And it's getting a lot of push, marketing push. It's on billboards and everything. And Mm -hmm. I'm hoping that's because it's great and they want to put their might behind it. And I think Tom's a great guy, so I hope this does really well. Yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, it definitely looks interesting. My oldest daughter is, that's totally her genre. So I was talking to her about it and it looks really good. I think we're going to watch it together. Oh, amazing. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it, for people who don't know what it's about, he uh, fill me in if I'm missing stuff, but his father is a serial killer who's in jail and he's like an investigator who goes, his father's Michael Sheen, played by Michael Sheen, and he goes to him his father for advice on his cases and he's a little sketchy too or something like that seems mm. like yeah it, it definitely has silence of the lamb vibes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so cool all right that is it for the news let's move on to listener groans groans and groans uh-huh. all right brian white says everything at the bridge and ending was good before Everything before that, eh, if John dies next week, I'm out. Me too. A <laughs> lot of foreshadowing in this episode. Ooh, that could actually happen. Well. You know, because no. Dillahunt might want to, like, move on. <laughs> Don't say <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, my soul that was left just died. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Hopefully it'll be <sighs> 
Simon Wooster says, I'm over this show. Another shaky camera episode for no reason. A ton of random people joining the group with no explanation. Awful. Brackets. But the podcast is still awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Simon. Thanks. Elizabeth Nikolaevich says, I get a settler vibe this episode. Everyone is entitled to self-determination except the Z's. Zombies do need to fear the walking dead. The Z's are becoming less important in the series, although still a threat. It's living and preparing for the future, taking on greater importance, and clearing those Z's and resolving the conflict with Ginny should be an interesting first step. Hopefully, eventually, we'll see a great wedding as well. It's transitioned into an interesting drama of survival and hope rather than being outrageous violence and gore like The Walking Dead. So Elizabeth clearly is still a big fan of the show, and I wonder if you hate us now after this episode. Yeah. <laughs> don't hate us, Elizabeth. Please don't hate us, Elizabeth. <laughs> Bob Oaks. Gave me a mouthful here. a long here. one, yeah. Yeah. I've spent five minutes staring at the computer screen trying to figure out what I want to say. I know that feeling. Mm -hmm. There are things I like about this episode and things that are bugging the hell out of me. The good. I like the entire scene at the bridge. All of it. I like that they set up the cables starting to snap with just a few of them on the bridge. Made it believable as they increased the weight that more cables would snap and the bridge would eventually collapse. I liked the entire interaction with Ginny there too. And the escape over the bridge was one of the best action sequences Fear the Walking Dead has had in a long time. I liked Ginny's video. I thought that was clever. I liked the reunion of Janice and Tom. And I really liked that they were pointing out the difference between their group and what Ginny's group were trying to do. I agree. I agree with all that. Yeah. The bad. Oh, so much here. <laughs> Going back to the documentary style again, I'm sure turned people off. The first time it ad added to the story and set things up well for the half season. This time, ugh, it was tough to deal with. I know it was to set up Tom's death, but it made the episode hard to watch. Did you see any vehicles cross the bridge? I didn't see any vehicles cross the bridge. Yet all of a sudden on the other side of the bridge, after we had watched the tanker truck fall with the bridge, they have a freight truck with video equipment and Al's SWAT vehicle on the other side of the bridge. Where the hell did they come from? I mean it. How did they get there? It makes no damn sense. None. Either the vehicles would cross the bridge or they couldn't. We watched everyone cross on foot. So where did these vehicles come from? So frustrating. I totally get that. Finally, the thing that makes me really frustrated is why on earth would they think that Humbug Gulch would be clear? The last one wasn't, so why would this one be Walker Free? They pinned all their hopes to something, but they thought it would get easy now, and it makes no sense to give up there. Sure, it was full of walkers, but I didn't see any walkers on the outside. It seems easy enough to set up a funnel to bring them through to a trap, to kill them one by one. Mm -hmm. With everything they have been through, it doesn't make sense that clearing the place out would seem like an overwhelming obstacle. And I still don't know why they would just go back to the factory. They they just wouldn't go back to the factory or Daniel's hangar. Mm -hmm. They have big places that are safe and make sense. It just doesn't make sense for them to ignore that completely. I'm frustrated with this show. Sometimes it can be good, and sometimes it can be just crap. Ugh. I feel the same way. Nice one, Bob. Yes. 
Jason Robertson says, Awesome episode. This show is laying groundwork and building to something. The walker seemed like a real threat and seeing the group deal with adversity was tense. Could Alicia and Wes be the next Glenn and, Wa- Glenn and Maggie? Unwatchable? Nah. I really hope you reconsider and keep doing this show. Jason hates us Sorry, now. Man. Sorry, Jason. <laughs> Sorry, Jason. Guadalupe Kasama says, Awful, horrible, and truly unwatchable. After the finale, I'm out. Aww. Bree Wingate says, really could have done without the shaky camera. I get why, but geez. I understand you not wanting to cover the Fear of the Walking Dead episodes anymore, but I will miss hearing y'all's thoughts on it. I'm just glad you will still be podcasting in general. The lovely Rima Jo says, I can't even comment on the show anymore, but fully support the decision to not cover every episode. It's one thing to watch to finish it out, but podcasting takes it up a few levels. Having to watch twice, notes, prep, recording, then editing. It's a lot to spend that much time on something that isn't enjoyable, especially since there are other great things to cover. I'm so Love disappointed. You, Rima. Rima should have said fuck somewhere in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rima fucking Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's a bunch of new shows coming out too, and um, I am really trying to get Richard and Chris of the Talking Dead podcast, who are my co-hosts for Evil Dead Cast, to cover mm. The Mandalorian with me. So, like an Evil Dead yeah. Cast reunion to cover mm. this new Star Wars Mandalorian show. That would be cool. Yeah, I'm watching Yellowstone. Totally obsessed with that. Is that the mm. Kevin Costner one? Yeah, it's it's like. Breaking Bad with Cowboys. I I really liked him in most things, so I'm yeah, curious it's about good. It. Yeah, I I wasn't interested it in it at all, and my dad wanted me to watch it, and I watched one episode and was totally hooked. Ooh, yeah, I gotta check that out. I watched the first episode of Fleabag last night. Oh yeah, which everyone's like, you know, it's I think she won some Emmys, and mm-hmm. it's been the talk of the town, and. I liked, I thought the writing was great, but I was just like, what an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Very unlikable female lead. Yeah. Uh, Steve Barr says, I think a number of podcasts stopped covering The Walking Dead only to have it turn around. Uh, it would be a shame to do the same to fear The Walking Dead. Perhaps you can have a 15 minute lightly edited section devoted to that week's episode. Yeah, Lucy, Lucy's doing that. If you don't yeah, want to cover 100%. it in full. It'll be or, like me and Tom up to be on a bridge. <laughs> or let people call in with their own 15-minute summaries and choose one to play. I enjoy the podcast, and personally, I'd be disappointed if I had to find another to listen to for my Fear the Walking Dead discussion fix instead. Well, I do think if, you know, we'll probably be bi-weekly there, in, you know, during the off-season, and I could see just commenting on it. Yeah, well, mm. you know just do like a little five minutes on it or something like that. I, w- I would volunteer myself and Pake as tribute. <laughs> yeah, if you guys want to do that, that'd be awesome. That would be good, actually. But um, I also w- would recommend uh, the Brains Gone Bad podcast with yeah. Lizzie and the Aim for the Head podcast with Diana. So Diana mm-hmm. and Lizzie are both covering, well, they both covered Handmaid's Tale season three and they Which both have great. their own walking dead podcast and they both cover yeah. fear so those are two good ones and uh brian's one yeah talk three talk brian. Duh, yeah he's gonna kill me for not saying that you can just edit yourself <laughs> in saying something real nice about <laughs> and brian is the best who does the walking dead talk through yeah 
should definitely yeah. check him out. So there's tons of good ones and they're friends of ours and you know, they've been uh, co-hosts on podcasts now and then. And so mm-hmm. anyway, yeah, it's all good stuff. Who's next? All right. Sarah Larkham. I know it's been bad lately, but you should still the best individual episode and stick it out. There have been some bad seasons of The Walking Dead, and you still are talking about The Walking Dead. Yeah, Jason? Not like this. <laughs> In fact, during <laughs> 7 and 8, I still, I never had the kind of feelings I have about fear, I don't think. Maybe in certain single episodes, but overall as a show, I was like, yeah, they really need to do something. But um, I never felt like I didn't have like any confidence in the writers, I don't think. <laughs> I agree. Sometimes they were hard to watch, but it wasn't because the writing was sloppy or because it was just because the episodes were so dark. Oppressive. And we knew it would end. We knew that Negan would get overthrown at some point. Whereas with this, we don't know what's going to (laughs) happen. I agree. And it's it's hard to hold on to hope in those situations. Yeah, it feels different. But the good thing is that the, um, you know, when other Walking Dead podcasts have stopped they just stopped their podcast and we we just keep going no matter what you know Mm -hmm. we'll talk about uh horror movies or whatever and so if by some miracle fear the walking dead completely turns around then we can just jump back in on it yeah exactly we're not saying never you know if it change if it cleans up its act if it goes away (laughs) does the things it needs to do and comes back in a cowboy hat with some toffees i'm I'm truly hoping for another season three where you know, we came into season three with dire hopes and it was the best. Yeah. Yeah. It could, I mean, in some ways, you guys think of it this way. The fact that we're stopping podcasting on it might mean that it's actually going to be good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> yeah. Wyman Owen says, I'm committed, good or bad, five years invested, really wish you would stick with the podcast next season. It adds to my entertainment of the show. I enjoy listening every week. I enjoy your Charlie bashing, RIP Nick. It's the Walking Dead universe. It's not going to be all unicorns and rainbows. Some episodes are going to blow monkey chunks. (laughs) They could have a whole area just with Skidmark and I would still watch and then catch your podcast to hear you and Lucy, brackets, love you Lucy, high five, high five back at you Wyman, (laughs) groan about it for 90 minutes. It's still entertaining. Sorry to rant, but you guys are awesome just hope you reconsider closing the door on fear i'm sure there's more than just me who enjoy your review week after week oh, well, that's the kind then? of rant i like when you're just like complimenting us tell us again why we're awesome <laughs> <laughs> and what's wrong with unicorns and rainbows <laughs> uh yeah Wyman hope you stick there, around unicorn hater Wyman, and listen to our off season or you know the episodes we do instead of covering Fear weekly and, and let us know what you think. Who knows? We might see the the season premiere trailer and be like, we have to do that. Yeah. Like John Dory might be naked in a spa and I might be <laughs> yeah, like, Jason, like, we're there. Fire up the microphones. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. We got a couple calls here. The first one is from someone who didn't leave their name. Hello. Fear the Walking Dead podcast, folks. I just wanted to say I'm a new listener. I'm a little bit new to all the Walking Dead stuff, although I'm all caught up now. I love it, and I love every Tuesday morning when your podcast pops up in my feed. Jason and Lucy are the highlight of my life. But I'm calling (laughs) to say that Daniel and Skidmark are the highlight of my life right now. I love them so much. The minute I turned your podcast on and Daniel said, 
that line again about our cat with serious behavioral issues. I just burst out <laughs> laughing. I love them so much. I'd watch an entire show about those two and maybe Grace too. And I just wanted to tell you guys, you always take the best clips, and I just enjoy your podcast so much. It really adds to the show for me, and also when Walking Dead is on, same. So thank you for all your work. You guys are the best, and keep doing what you're doing. Mm. Bye. Thank you. That was really thank nice. You. I didn't listen to that ahead of time. That was so sweet. It's really nice. That was my mom. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Next time you have to send a zombie sound, though. But. Yeah. That, that was awesome. Um, the reason why I, I like that clip especially is because right after Daniel says, my cat has behavioral problems, the cat goes, <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Screw you. And then lastly, we have a follow-up from the guy who asked about whether he should show his son The Walking Dead. Oh, yeah. And I have been feeling like maybe I was a little too cavalier about saying you should let your kids watch it if they're ready. And uh, I even got one emailer who was a little bit like, you know, maybe it's not, that wasn't the right thing to say. So I haven't listened to this, but we'll see what he says. Cause I think he's going <laughs> to tell us how it went. <laughs> Hi Jason and Dr. Lucy. How? This is Steve calling from Wisconsin. I called a couple weeks ago, uh, showing the walking dead to my children. And I did it. There's two things I wanted to say first. In season one, Rick's first walker kill looks shockingly like a Negan took out Glenn and Abraham coming out with a bat. Not sure if he was alive. That was nothing to do with Negan. Second, watching episode one again, it is crazy to think about Morgan's journey mm. and how his sense of loss in dealing with his loss of his wife and Dwayne would be feeling him now. Just doesn't make sense why he. Never thought of that all along, but mm. anyway, I really, really would encourage people to go back and watch it all. Maybe not from the beginning with children, if you want to sleep through the night, but otherwise it's good. <laughs> I was like, oh, maybe we're going to get all the way through this call before him saying that his kids were scarred for life, but it sounds like they're not sleeping, so. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> oh, well. Totally depends it on does, the kid and the But age. you have to be careful with I that. Let yeah, I let my uh, youngest, Lainey, uh, watch Game of Thrones at 16, and she was okay. She was ready yeah. for that. But another 16-year-old mm -hmm. might not. It's so hard to tell. It is. It really does yeah. depend. This guy's son, I think he said, was 10. So that's a really, you know, borderline <sighs> age. I, I, I think there would yeah. be some 10-year-olds who would be ready for it. But uh, yeah, just you have to be a judge yeah. of that and, and pay yeah. close attention yeah. to how they're reacting to it. Yeah, that's... That's what parenting is all about. You have to, no one can tell you what to do. You have to decide it for mm. yourself. All right. That is our show. Episode 371. Nice, lively discussion. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Thanks Thank for coming you, on, Wendy. Thank I hope you, you had fun. I had fun. Good. If you I wouldn't kill you, Jason, I swear. <laughs> no, I wouldn't kill I either of you. That. As long as you were useful. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm glad we got some calls this week. That's always fun. If you want to call mm -hmm. us, you can call us at 650-485-DEAD. That's 650-485-3323. You can email us at brains at podcastica.com. And you can find us on the web at facebook.com slash deadcast. And be sure to check out our other shows at podcastica.com. 
House Podcastica is doing a book club for Handmaid's Tale since they just covered season oh, three. Oh, the and they, they split it into two parts. So they did part one, and I think they're going to record part two next week. And I'm going to see Margaret Atwood, I think, tomorrow or the next night with Karen. I am so jealous. Nice. Yeah, I'm excited. So then I'm going to go on the podcast and talk about it. I, I read that book when I was like 13. I'm so into that. I, I, I haven't gotten Testament yet, but I have to. Yeah, yeah, I've got it on from the library. I'm hoping it will come at some point. I was just at the bookstore this weekend and it was nowhere to be found. I'm going to just <gasps> Amazon it. Yeah. And they're talking about the sequel that Margaret Atwood just published to yeah, it's called Testament. Testaments, and yeah, yeah. I'm going to read that too. And they're they're already committed to make a show about that. By the way, oh, Hulu. So exciting! <laughs> right, cool. Next episode of this podcast, Fear <laughs> the Walking Dead, season five, episode sixteen, end of the line. And I did not make that title up. Well, it's all right. All right. That is our show. Thanks for listening. Don't, Don't get, get bit, bit. Bree Wingate. Wingate.